You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Oge Ogwe, the lead pastor of Circle Church International. He envisions all men living Christ-centered lives. Be blessed as you listen. There is no 
joy in your life. There are two things you need to know. Number one, you know, somebody, somebody messaged me and he was telling me how a lot of things are happening to him. And I asked him, he, he was asking me, why is God letting this happen? And I asked him, where is the place of the devil and everything happening in your life? He said, I don't understand. <laughs> and the reason I asked that question is, you must see tribulations for what they are. They are not from God. They are from the devil. Or men that walk with the devil. Do you know what I'm saying? So the believer must have two responses to tribulations. The first of them is see it as the work of the devil and try your best to put an end to it. Don't stay. You know, some people, things happen and they fall into a pity party. You know what I mean by pity party? God, why is all of this happening to me? Why me? Why is this happening to me? A lot of things are happening to me. And then some people even resign to faith. So the next bad thing that happens in life, that's how my life is. And the devil has won you the moment you stop talking. Listen. God has given you a strategy for victory. It is in your mouth. And you listen to what I'm saying. There's a giving you a voice that the enemy can neither can say nor resist. It's in your mouth. You stop talking. Or you start talking back. So you listen. I know a lot of people will say things like um, all these faith confessions are actually just optimism. Listen, you miss the point. You don't know or you don't understand. When the Bible refers to Abraham as the one that calls God as um, he, he, the Bible says Abraham knows that God is the one that calls for those things that be not as though they were. He's telling you a basic character of your faith. You call forth those things that be not as though they were. Are you listening to what I'm saying? There are some basic lies that the devil will tell you. And you will just accept them because they look normal. They look like standard norm. So the devil says, oh, you... Don't worry, everyone has a bad year every once in a while. So just allow it to be happening, it will pass. Have you heard that statement? These two shall pass. <laughs> the fight has not started, you've already given up. Nobody, listen, you might lose some of the battles you fight, but the person who quits before he starts will lose all the battles he fights. And so you learn to talk. You learn to exempt yourself from the workings of the devil by talking. Amen. Sometimes you see some things happening around you and you say, devil, I can see what you're trying to do. Stop now. Let me tell you something. The devil is like that six-year-old child who knows that what he wants to do is wrong, but as he's doing it, he's watching the mother. 
whether she will see anything. And the one that is looking at him with her side eyes. And then he'll do it first time. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. Until she says, stop it, and let him stop. He knew it was wrong. That's exactly what he's doing. He, he would bring this bad situation in your life. Say, oh, why did this happen to me? You bring the next one. You respond the same way. Ah. You bring another one. You respond, ah, ah. stand up. The day you get up and say, devil, you will stop. You will take your hands off everything now. Then you see victory. Then you see victory. The second response the believer must have is this. Listen. John chapter 16, verse 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. Are you there? Everybody read John 16, verse 3 as loud as you can. One, two, go. Oh, glory to God. He says, these things I tell you, so that you may take note of them. In me, you will have peace. In the world, you will have tribulations. But he said, be of good cheer, because I have conquered the world. Hey! So even in the midst of my tribulation, my confession is not that I've been defeated. You know, some people say I feel defeated. Brothers and sisters, we don't walk according to how we feel. So, I, I won't get up and say, oh, I'm defeated. I feel like this year has been a terrible year for me. I'm defeated. I feel defeated. No! You could, listen, there's a strategy for victory. Things are going wrong around you. You've addressed the devil. You've told the devil, take your time. Then you lock your door. It's not in the place of prayer that you address the devil. You are not praying to the devil. I hope you know. Yes, sir. No, no, no. You don't need to kneel down to address the devil. In fact, you don't need to stop what you are doing. Just take two seconds and tell him to stop and go back. He understands authority. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. But in the place of prayer, you arrange your spirit. Why? Because one thing prayer does for you is that it builds capacity to handle things. So the devil is throwing things at you, but your spirit man has been energized. He's fattened enough to handle it. So you've told the devil to take care, you get into the place of prayer, and you say to yourself, I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world because Jesus has overcome the world. He says, be of good cheer. Do you know how difficult that instruction is? In the midst of tribulation, be of good cheer. Why? He didn't say be of good cheer because there's a mechanism that if you adopt, you will overcome. He tells you, be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. In my victory is your victory. That's the sponsorship of the Spirit. That because I have the Holy Ghost, your victory is my victory. Oh. So you mean that it's possible for me to be in bad times and have joy? It's all by the Holy Ghost. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. 
He says, be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. He told you, you will be persecuted because of the word. Because of Jesus that's constantly on your lips, you will be persecuted. But he says, be of good cheer. By my spirit within you, we have overcome this world. Oh, I wish you understood the importance of this. How far and how deep this goes. So you see, the man who hasn't let the word take root in his heart, is not really one who hasn't meditated on the word. The man who hasn't let the word take root in his heart, is one who hasn't allowed the Holy Ghost act upon the words that have been spoken. Listen, hey, when the Lord tells you that there's joy in your life, to bring corresponding sadness and sorrow to test the joy. In Matthew chapter 4, no, in, okay, let me use Matthew chapter 3, Jesus Christ went before John the Baptist. He was dipped in water and John proclaimed, this is the beloved, this is the Son of God in whom I am well pleased. Everybody heard that. Is that true? Everybody heard it. But in Matthew chapter 4, the devil comes and says to Jesus, if you are the son of God. So one thing the devil always wants to do is question the reality of the promises that God has given to you. Do you know what I'm saying? He wants to question, so the Bible tells you, you are the righteousness of God. And the devil through guilt and condemnation says, are you sure? But a man who has allowed the word of God take deep roots in his spirit. He wakes up in the morning and he's pacing the floor. And he says, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And he's talking a lot of tongues. And as he does so, those things move from an intellectual position to a spiritual stronghold in his heart. You see, because the strongholds that we battle are in the mind. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. He says, the weapons of our warfare are not cut out, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold, casting down every imagination, and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So the strongholds are weak. So how does the word of God take root? By the spirits converting intellectual knowledge to spiritual strongholds in your mind. You can be so sure that you are above every persecution and every tribulation. You can be so sure. I'm talking negative things are happening around you, but you are so sure that you have overcome the world. You see, because... For the believer, reality is not outward in, it's inside out. It's not outward in. We don't look around to see what our reality is. Our reality starts from the spirit. And we use it to influence the world on the outside. So till the day I die, Jesus will forever be on my lips. Because I'm sponsored by the spirit and I will tell Jesus millions yet on that's my life. My life is consistently sponsored by the Spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm sponsored by the Holy Ghost. I might not be having a good day, but I'm still sponsored by the Spirit. Oh, how beautiful it is. And I believe in life. This is why Paul, in Philippians, he could say, listen, 
He says, I know the secret of living in plenty and in little. He says, I've learned the secret in all these things. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How does Christ strengthen him? The sponsorship of the Spirit within him. Listen. There's nothing that God does for the believer that he does from outside anymore. I hope you know. Anything God will do for you, he has already done in the Spirit. So now thanks be unto God who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Ephesians chapter 1. Listen, he has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. So none of it is remaining. The strength to go through the hard times, they are already given to me. So Paul could say that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above according to the spirit or the power that is at work. Where? Say, I'm sponsored by the Spirit. I'm sponsored by the Spirit. So when Jesus says, Be a good cheer, I have overcome the world. He's not telling you, Oh, just be happy for me. I've overcome. Be happy for me. No! He's telling you, In my victory rests your victory. If I overcame, you have overcome too. Do you give that? This is the power of the work of the Spirit in the life of the believer. This is how the early church operated. This is what they knew that made them take over the world. You see, you don't understand it. Strategy can only go far. There's only so much strategy can do. How do you want to strategize to take over the world with the gospel? There's no strategy you can bring up that will come. What? But by the sponsorship of the Spirit, by the orchestrations of the Spirit, you see the gospel getting into places where the gospel is not supposed to get to. By the orchestrating of the Spirit, you will have the opportunity to talk to people that by strategizing, you would have never thought you can reach. And this is what I'm saying. This is the kind of life you are going to live in the year 2020. And this is what I'm saying. Doors opening. I mean, oh. You must realize something. All the attributes of God are in the Spirit's presence. And are at work in your life. So the providential God is providential in the spirit and providing for you. And the one nature of God's providential attributes is that he anticipates needs and provides. Is that true? So the providential God is anticipating needs in the spirit as work inside of you. So there are doors that you don't even know yet that need to be opened that he's opening already. Channels that the gospel must go through that he's already providing. Sometimes God tells you, I want you to do so and so in six months' time. And you think to yourself, how is that even possible? But I like the answer that the angel gave to Mary. When the angel came with the most ridiculous news ever, he said to her, you will give birth to a child. And then she's like, how? I don't even, I'm not even married yet. 
And then the angel says, the power of Zion will overshadow you. And she says, how can these things be? The angel says, see, with man, things may be impossible. But with God, no thing is impossible. That's the life we live. A life sponsored by the Spirit. Listen, Haya. In the humorous nature of God, God is in the habit of taking things that were meant for harm against Him to create good. I hope you know. This is why Paul said that had the priests of darkness known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You see, if the devil really understood God's plan, he will walk against the death of Jesus Christ. He will walk hard. He will walk really hard to make sure he doesn't die. Because he knows if this man dies, he's going to come back, he's going to come back from the dead. And once he does so, that's it, we are defeated. He would have worked hard. But the devil thought that in crucifying Jesus, he had won. But God looking at it, he looked at it, he looked at the crucifixion and laughed. Why? Because he knew indeed in his nature that which was meant for evil will be turned to good. So, if you read through the history of the early church, the points of great growth in the early church were preceded by points of persecution. Is that true? That which was meant for evil turned out. If you check your life, you would realize that there were times when you had a series of bad experiences, but later you came out of it, and it's almost as if you're thankful that you had those experiences. It's the nature of God to sponsor your life that way by the Spirit. So Jesus says, Be of good cheer. <laughs> I have overcome the world. Let me tell you what the picture of Jesus means for you. You know, the way we conceive victory as believers, or the way we conceive victory, first of all, as human beings, is that we see it as the after effect of a battle and then somebody wins. But that's not how the victory of Jesus works for you. You see, if you think about it that way, um, as a battle, after the battle, every time you fight, you will win. When you see it that way, you have fallen into the trap of the devil because there will be times when there's apparent, you know there's, there's a difference between apparent victory and real victory. If you did physics, there's a difference between the apparent number and the real do you understand what I'm saying? The apparent number is how it appears. It might look like this, but it's not the real thing. When there's the real thing, it trumps the apparent. Is that true? There'll be times in your life when there's apparent loss. It looks like you are losing in every side, but this is the thing. The way it is in the strategy of the spirit is that if there was a referee, after that round, the devil hits you and gave you a knockout. You fell to the ground. Then someone they revived you. You got up and they were to announce the winner. They will still call you the winner. Do you understand? That's the reality. You have won. There is nothing the devil can do that makes him the winner. He is fighting a lost battle. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, that's my life. Always sponsored by the spirits. 
and he's fighting a battle that has been lost. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. This is the life you will live in the new year. Hallelujah. One of the things the Holy Ghost told me about that is that there will be a lot of persecution, a lot of tribulation, and this may cause you to start wondering, where is God in all of this? And I've heard some people say that the teacher is always silent through the exam. The exam. You don't get it. You think there's, a, there's an exam because you believe that, oh, after writing this exam, if I pass, I'll be victorious. There's no exam. The teacher is not silenced through the exam. There's no exam. The teacher has already told you, you passed. Do you get it? So even when the questions are looking hard, you've passed. Oh, glory to God. And the man who the word of God has found deep roots in his heart, who is always grounded and sponsored by the Spirit. That's my backing. My backing is the Holy Ghost. <laughs> my backing is the Spirit of God. And I know. That if the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, then there's nothing, absolutely nothing, that's impossible for me. I always win. Do you see it now? I always win. It doesn't matter what they do, I'm the winner. Hey! that there's something called the righteousness of God 
God is the only one who is innately, innately righteous. Which means we are all righteous because God bestowed the attribute of righteousness on us. He called us righteous. But he's the only one who is right. What that means is if God says that this blue fabric is green, all forces in nature will agree to make it green. Do you get that? It is with that righteousness that he called you victorious. Listen, it doesn't matter what is going on. All the forces around you, You know when Paul said, Now thanks be to God who makes us, who causes us to triumph. A few chapters after that, he said, We've been beaten, pressed down, not destroyed. We are, pre- we are pressed, we are pulled on every side. We are persecuted. This was Paul who went through shipwreck. He did this small thing, driving with horse. He almost died. He died at some point. He caught up, went back, they stoned him. And he said, God always causes me to triumph. So, my triumph in Christ is not circumstantial. It's an ever-present reality. I'm the winner. I'm the winner. And my victory is sponsored by the Spirit. My life! My life is sponsored by the Spirit. So, till the day I die, and the that even the day I die, my death, you see, my death is victory for me. Hallelujah. That's why Paul said, you see, for me to live is grateful for you. <laughs> but for me, to die is better. <laughs> Listen, allow the word of God settle in your spirit so much that you can talk that way. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You talk that way. You move that way. So things are going on around you. And then everybody's looking at you, expecting you to be crying, expecting you to be down, expecting you to be depressed. But you're standing tall, head held high, walking like a king. And they wonder what's going on. And you say, I'm the winner. <laughs> say, how are you the winner? You just lost your job. I won. How are you the winner? Somebody you love just like, well, I won. So there are persecutions around me. I've told the devil to go away. But even if. Amen. Amen. Praise the language of the Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you because this is true in our lives. Thank you because this is true in this ministry. Thank you because this is true about who we are. That regardless we win. Yes. And so forever Jesus is on our lips, sponsored by the Spirit, to millions yet of gold. Doors will open up. Before we even know to pray about it, doors are opening up for us. Doors that would allow the gospel enter into nooks and crannies, they are opening up in the name of Jesus. Say this after me. Jesus is on my lips. As loud as you can. Jesus is on my lips. Sponsored by the Spirit. To millions yet untold. Say it with joy. Jesus is on my lips. Who can stand against the Lord? No one can. 
Thank you for listening. For more, head over to circlechurchglobal.org or visit any of the church campus addresses on the website. God bless you.